0: Hello and welcome to DMC's with Clarissa, where everything that goes beyond small talk is discussed. Today we are going to be talking about art and the person that is joining me is Maria.
1: Hi! <laughs> Very happy to be here. Um, so yeah, art. has Been a big part of my life, I think, since I was young. My parents have always taken me to galleries. I've entertained the idea of becoming an artist at some point, but I think as many people who end up studying art history university considered myself to be a failed one and then decided to pursue that. Um, so yeah, I studied art history briefly at university alongside Italian. Then did a master's in art law and business, so explored a bit of a more business side of it and what happens in galleries and museums and kind of more practical side of art. But actually now I do work as a consultant, nothing to do with any of my previous education, but I do think art is still a big part of my life. And I try to stay on top of it as much as I can, but not going to lie, every year feels like I'm falling a little bit out of loop especially compared to my friends who have stayed in the art industry. And I guess that's also one of the themes. It's like, how do you keep up with art when you don't feel like part of that inner circle mm-hmm. anymore? Um, And that is definitely something I've been trying to kind of reckon with, I guess. Uh, but yeah art. Thank you
0: so much for introducing yourself. And it is a really interesting topic. And it's a topic that I personally don't know that much about. But every time that I have a conversation with you about it, I always learn so much. So I'm really excited about today. And the first question to you is, how do you think the definition of art has changed?
1: Yeah, that's a good one. I mean... Well, I think, you know, the way you study at a university is like you start with cave paintings, maybe a little bit later than that, to be honest. But, you know, that's kind of where it dates back to and then are becoming expression of so many things through uh, medieval times and renaissance, becoming this quite having this heavy religious purpose, um, then becoming politicized through later years and then becoming and then refining its aesthetic purpose through modernist modernism of early 20th century and then I think now we have such a huge array of different practices and things because I think for a while you kind of you know painting was a dominant medium then you had sculpture on the side and then in the 20th century now we just had this explosion of you have performance art and you have all these installations they use um man-made objects you know the banana that was taped to the wall Mm -hmm. I I think it was uh, Miami uh, Basel and all these like various things and you're just like what's next (laughs) why do you draw (laughs) the line as well and I think yeah definition of art today is definitely a hard one to encompass in one word or one sentence I think now there's just a lot of sub definitions, and now that like something new emerges, and people are like this is art. It's like oh, let's find another term to call it, like you know, counter minimalism. I'm literally inventing this on the spot, but I feel like <laughs> this is how it happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think art creativity comes to mind when you think of it. Obviously, there's some again. Some people can argue that you know, not a lot of creativity goes into some works nowadays, which are literally you know just some. Sp- paint splashed on a canvas or whatever it may be but I don't think any artist who makes their artwork actually approaches with like oh I'm just gonna do this and like people are gonna pay me money I think it, intention behind every artwork I'd like to believe perhaps rather optimistically is that that kind of inner drive to create something bigger than yourself something that says something, teaches something, the thing, something that outlives you. Mm-hmm. That's a really
0: interesting point of view on it. So you feel like the definition of art itself is has to be creative at this point in time. There's no set definition for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the more you try to define it, the kind of, yeah, it kind of goes counter to the purpose of it, is to push boundaries, well, at least how we understand art now I think for a while you know we had those canons in religious art and then people trying to restrain and find a definition I think what we come to understand now I hope is that really there is that is not the point of art is to create a definition is to explore mm-hmm. how far we can push it is to keep on surprising at ourselves with new ways to visualize different themes ideas and things that matter in our lives
0: so then leading on from this how do you think the way that people engage with art has changed especially looking at contemporary art
1: yeah I think you know it's it's I think it can be hard nowadays to sometimes understand really what certain types of art try to say and I think a lot of people perhaps as a result feel alienated the kind of reactions I described from a lot of my friends you know who maybe are not so interested in art you know in their kind of daily life you know might visit a few exhibitions and look at some work dismissively and be like oh I could have made that or like a Mm -hmm. child could have made that and you know it's a bit frustrating to hear when like this is all you've studied for like a really long time and you know that like There's so much theory and actually, like, historical processes that want to inform those, like, simplest of abstract paintings. Mm -hmm. Like, it was a culmination of a lot of painters and artists, you know, struggling and trying... Like, yeah, it's, it's different. But to be fair, sometimes I walk into a gallery and I look at a painting and I would love to say, I know what it's about, but I have no clue. And... I guess that is also a question of is it really a work of art if, if you, if, is it a good work of art? Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have to read long texts about it and a lot of literature to inform yourself on all these theories uh, that preceded it that informed the artist to actually understand it? Yeah. Or does it have to speak for itself? And, you know, I, I don't know. I would like to say no. And I think um, art should be visual, it should speak for itself. But then again, sometimes it maybe doesn't have to say something so concrete. You can look at a beautiful painting uh, by an artist. Like one of my favorite ones is Lucio Fontana. He did a lot of works with, I think his most famous are his tallies or cuts in the canvas. I mean, it's literally just like a monochrome canvas with a cut. But then he has some more beautiful ones where he uses this different materials this metallic paint and i'm i've read some texts about him some literature and you know his fascination with the space and things like that but at the end of the day when i look at his paintings it just touches me i can't explain it and i don't really know if there is a need to explain it like sometimes mm-hmm. it just speaks to you instinctively and i think we can be happy with that and we don't have to understand it and we can just appreciate the painting for its materiality or for whatever it is that you know strikes a chord in you personally Not everyone will like the painting that I like but I think going back to you know coming back from a background where you are kind of you try to learn as much of that critical theory and things like that sometimes it's still hard to kind of uh, make peace with the fact that some things you just don't understand and I don't have a great explanation and critical analysis of every painting I see. And I think same should be true for anyone, you know. You don't have to explain why you like something. It doesn't have to be a reason. Sometimes it just works, you know, instant chemistry. (laughs) Yeah, and I also think it kind of contradicts the fact that art is
0: a creative outlet that should be accessible to everyone. And by making all these long texts and kind of forcing people to understand the meaning behind it. It's like, maybe you don't want to understand the meaning behind a painting. You just want to appreciate it for what it is. And I think by... This actually leads into my my next question, but with, like, museums having all these texts next to a painting and people are gathered around it because they're like, if I read this, I will understand it. And people are focusing so much on that. And I think not as much anymore on their own view. Like, does this give me a certain feeling? Do I feel a certain way when I when I look at this painting? Do I feel a certain way when I look at that painting?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I think there should be a balance be- between, you know, you can just go into a museum, explore, look at things, like some things, really not get other things. That's totally fine. But at the same time, I think, for example, um, Tate Modern in mm-hmm. London, here in London, I personally think does a terrible job at presenting some of those, you know, more kind of um, some of these more obscure paint works of art Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, are the ones that people look at and like, what the hell is going on here? And they kind of group them in rooms based on very vague themes that even I myself sometimes don't really understand. And it's very kind of, you know, the themes that those artists worked with, the wall text don't really explain any of it. And it's not really in chronological order as well, very often, and so it's just, I guess, curatorially, it's an interesting work. But I think there is also that educational aspect, especially with um, those more contemporary forms of art. And I, I, don't know if I'm contradicting myself now, but you know, I think you should give people opportunity to learn and try to make it as accessible as possible, explaining, you know, mm-hmm. in rather simple terms and to be fair, you know, having studied it, having studied art at uh, first UCL and then doing my master's, I feel like at UCL I was so lost. It was all these critical texts and lecturers kind of speaking to you with this presumption that you already like read all these critics and uh, you know so much already when you actually a lot of times don't. Um, And so you actually failed to learn because you don't have that foundation. And I did my master's and It was a great experience because actually a lot of people who studied with me, they didn't necessarily come from an art background. So they were like lawyers, they studied economics. Mm -hmm. So they made sure to do this very quick crash course in like foundational, like big themes. And they explained it so well. And I was like, this is actually so simple. You can go deeper in any of those things, you know, and into any artist, any movement. But there's also very easy ways to explain it, but I almost feel like like the art world doesn't want to do it. They love this kind of exclusivity of being these intellectuals who are the only ones who get the art. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you either are in or you're out. And yeah, I feel like it would be great if there was more effort made at making it kind of more accessible. And then you still might not like some paintings, you still might like some, and there are different ways to engage with them. But I definitely think currently contemporary art is very misunderstood and there's not really great education around it I mean honestly I feel like we've
0: probably experienced similar situations in this case because I personally also I am I love art I I love the feeling I get when I walk into an art gallery but I have a lot of friends that I think it's the worst thing that I could do on a Sunday afternoon going to an art gallery and especially mm-hmm. in a city in London where you have so many free ones like it is very accessible, they're still like No, like I'd rather go to the pub. Um, And in this case, do you think the underlying problem of a people not appreciating art is the lack of understanding it and of not knowing what to do with it? So I would almost push it that far, that it's a form of deflecting from one's own lack of knowledge rather than the pure disinterest.
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely true. You know, you don't want to go into something and, you know... People do want to engage with things, especially, you know, those kind of like cultural things like music. Uh, when people talk about them and people engage with them a lot, I think a lot of, a lot of it is about, you know, kind of, Oh, like I know this niche musician and I have this unique music taste. And it's a little bit easier, I think, with those mediums like music or even film. Uh, more people get it, more people engage with it. But yeah, with art, definitely like, it's just yeah it's very alienating I feel for all the reasons we kind of talked before and with galleries as well I feel like it's just such a if you go to commercial galleries you know where the newest works are and it's like a very exciting place to go to to learn about new artists and Mm -hmm. um and new exhibition new works like where's the art at today that's where you would go but you know it's these snobby gallery attendants and just kind of the whole air of the superiority. Obviously, you can't even afford a painting, so it's almost like, why are you going in? And sometimes even when I go with my friends, you know, you still feel... I think weekends are probably not the worst place to go. There are usually quite a few people there, but still, you do feel that, like, I need to be dressed a certain way. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, most of these galleries are in Mayfair. And, yeah, it's like, you know, you're checking each other out, as well as the paintings. Like, oh, what's she wearing? Where's her bag from? And it's like why is it a part of that? But it just is. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's so easy to pop pop into one of those galleries. It doesn't cost a penny. They're free. You also can actually go to um, gallery openings and like have a lot of free champagne. And I always think about it. But again, it's that like, are they going to find out I'm not part of the inner circle kind (laughs) of feeling. And yeah, but... It's actually a great way to, you know, pre before a party. And I think a lot of people know about it, but somehow no one goes. <laughs> yeah, so there definitely, I think, are these barriers. And as I said before, I think that education around just kind of... Sometimes it's okay to simplify art. I think sometimes it's okay to simplify art history and as a kind of, you know, initiation into the art world. And then if you want to go deeper and learn more about, you know, all these long texts that artists have written about their own work using mm-hmm. words that kind of don't really mean anything. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, some of them do and there's a lot of great critical work, but it's also very easy to just explain things and be like, you know, abstraction. Why did it start? I mean, it started in so many different ways, but you could say photography came about and what is the means of realistic representation when you have this great medium, which can't be outmatched. This is a ridiculous, simple explanation for why in 20th century, move towards more abstract forms. But it actually brings true on a lot of levels, and it does explain it, and you can go a bit deeper and explore that further. But this is just one of the really bad examples I'm giving. But, you know, there's there are ways to explain it and kind of guide people. But I think the 20th century especially is such an obscure ground in terms of, like, what's happened in art. And it's so hard to engage with, with so many different movements, so many different ideas um which is great because now we don't have one dominant school of art you can appreciate an installation or art performance mm-hmm. and you know a banana tape to a wall again and all these things can exist coexist on the same level and just pick whatever you want from that but i guess it does make it harder to explain and unweave all those different things from each other and explain how they've all come to exist at the same time and <laughs> Which And at the same time, you know, they definitely influence each other because these artists know about each other. They work in the same ecosystem. And it becomes harder to entangle those things. But I think there is a way, but it's just not really being done now. Um, so, yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, I just think, you know, there isn't... I don't think there's a kind of simple, comprehensive history of contemporary art. Well, like, you know, 20th century to now art mm-hmm. a lot of things that are written still presume a certain level of knowledge like i'm reading a book now um it's a collection of essays by jerry Saltz, who's a great art critic mm-hmm. and i love the way he writes but again it, it just does presume a certain level of knowledge it is not for someone who's never interacted with art and even for me sometimes i'm like you know, some sentences, I get a bit lost and you kind of skip over them and move on to the next part. Um, But yeah, it's just, again, it's that kind of sense of exclusion, I think, that exists and wanting to be part of this, you know, inner intellectual club. Um, Do you think that, I mean, because it's a huge thing now, this digital
0: art movement, how do you think that is affecting the art industry?
1: I mean, art industry is doing everything I think possible to try to capitalize on this new trend. I think now, obviously, it's kind of had this moment now. Not so much. It's I think losing m- momentum a little bit. But yeah, I think if you look at uh, even NFTs, you know, but I I wouldn't say I think that's what people mostly think of when they mm-hmm. think of digital art. But that's just one way of um, kind of selling it. Through digital means, through the blockchain, but actually, you know, they are just digital files. They're GIFs, They're memes. They're whatever videos, and they just exist digitally. They a lot of them do use this kind of more um, content, more popular culture language. You know, they allude to things you might see on the internet, and the internet is where you know most of us spend our time nowadays. Mm-hmm. So it's not this. I I think it's less exclusionary, definitely. The visual language is a lot easier to understand, you know, even those apes or whatever. It's just like, it's simple, people get it. It's not trying to say too much. It's not trying to be something that people don't understand. In fact, I think it's appealing to the contrary. It's trying to be that kind of more universal and universally appealing visual format, visual language that you see and you recognize, Mm-hmm. um but yeah i think definitely it has a potential to make art more accessible question is what will happen with that because i feel like once anything you know enters the kind of uh conventional art market ecosystem somehow it just gets you know polluted like same thing happened with performance art like performance art is As the name suggests, it is a performance, it's live, Mm -hmm. it's artists going out there and creating those performances for people in the real world, like in a real setting, which is so different to, you know, any other medium. But what's happened is that to sell it, obviously, now you have photographs of Marina Abramovich, one of the most, I think, currently known performance artists, um, video recordings, and that's what gets sold in there, like in limited editions. Does it really capture the essence of the piece? Like, probably not. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's what makes money. I was just
0: going to say, I think another huge trend right now is, or it's been for a while, that big brands work together with artists. Mm. Like, I know there's a Uniqlo collection with Andy Warhol, then there's this collection with Louis Vuitton going on right now with... um, this is my art knowledge. well, I should know this, but I actually don't. The lady that does dots.
1: Ah, uh, is it Bridget Riley? You know, no, she it. also does these, like, pumpkins. Oh, no, know, so the- Yayoi sama Yeah, oh, her. my God, I haven't yeah, actually yeah. seen that. So she's doing the Louis Vuitton um collab. Yeah, I mean, that one is, like, really baffles me. Again, I don't know, like, that much about her, but one thing that is very well known about her is that she's a very old lady who's mm-hmm. institutionalized. Like, she voluntarily kind of institutionalized herself in the mm-hmm. psychiatric facility. Like she's not really well in the hands. <laughs> she's not that. So to speak. Like, and I'm just like, how, like, is it legal? Like, I'm pretty sure. I mean, you know what? This is like all speculation. I not actually know. But after this, I'm definitely going to read some articles about it because I have seen it. And I was thinking like, what the hell is going on there? Like, yeah. can she actually like legally consign her you know, make these kind of deals with these brands. I don't know. She must have a guardian, but again, just all kind of feels a bit uh, off to me. Jeff Koons, I think, also did um, a um, thing with uh, Louis Vuitton, like on the bags. Oh my God, they looked horrendous. It was actually reproductions of like old paintings by like Van Gogh, Monet and stuff, but somehow Jeff Koons was orchestrating it. Who has nothing to do with it and it was just paintings that, you know, they are like way out of the copyright protection.
0: Yeah
1: so they're able to do it, but yeah, I mean, intersection of fashion and art, again. It's I, just capitalization at the end of the day. Right? Yeah, I mean, you know, again, we did. Money. I did say, like, yeah, push the definition, and I guess, you know, merging of fashion and art, but some something about it doesn't sit right with me, can't really explain it. You know, art can take on many forms, but again, I think it's that art for a few, not the many, that is the issue here, and that is the issue with a lot of Like auction house works and galleries is that you'll see those paintings for, you know, however long they're on show there, then they'll be bought up into some private collection. Will you ever see them again? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. And that's quite sad, really. And then it just becomes, you know, a way for people to launder money, to do whatever um, kind of loses its purpose. But,
0: well, what can you do? (laughs) My last question to you is how do you think the art industry will? continue to evolve in the future and also going back to uh, museums, will museums and galleries as we know them now become obsolete?
1: Yeah, I mean I speaking, going back to digital art and what we're saying about its kind of capacity to be more um, available and more accessible for people I think, well, like my utopian dream that I entertained for some time um, is that perhaps it, this kind of art will allow us to move beyond, you know, like people buying up artworks and them being exclusive uh, and so expensive by virtue of scarcity, because, you know, there's no other, you paint a painting, there's no one other like it. It just has that kind of imprint, the aura of the artist. Um, and that's why like they can rack up such huge prices. Mm -hmm. but with digital art it is just a digital file which you can reproduce so many times it'll look exactly the same as it does on my screen as it does on yours and I think that perhaps we can learn to appreciate art and own art in a different way like the way you know you have a Netflix platform Mm -hmm. and you watch movies on it and you'll watch the same series as I do and as other million people do and that's almost actually the beauty of it, is that we all watch the same thing, and then we can talk about it, and that's kind of the cultural relevancy it acquires. That I think that's why a lot of people like Netflix, you know, it's like, you know you're watching the same things, and then mm-hmm. you're part of the conversation. When people talk about Stranger Things, you're not the odd one out, being like, oh my god, I have no idea who Eleven is. Yeah. <laughs> you can actually chip in and have your say on, like, what's going to happen in season four or five. But, yeah, I would you know similar to spotify like curating your own playlist and not only listen to music you like but then you know you can take this song and that song and create something unique like in the way in the way you structure that playlist in the way you combine different songs from different artists and there is actually a platform like that called uh data and um i think it operates um out of london but yeah it's just like a web so it's like a digital streaming service Mm -hmm. And they have different digital works by various artists. I think you can purchase some as well. Um, not sure if they use NFTs for that. But yeah, you can curate your own playlist. You can look at playlists, but you know, curators, other people, and it's like, the like the idea how I see it is, you know, maybe you have like a specially installed screen, and then you just project those works and you play your playlist. Like when people come to your house, they don't look at the same painting that hangs on the wall, but like. Every time you might have a different playlist for a different party or, like, you know, dinner with friends or whatever you're doing. And yeah. it's like, and people look at it and not only do they see, like, these works of art, maybe like, oh, like, I like this, I like that and, like, learn something new. But also, like, that's a way for you to project your individuality yeah, and yeah, actually yeah. participate in that kind of art economy. I think that's, to me, that's a very exciting idea. Is not going to happen, like... I don't know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because, you know, one thing is like watching a Netflix film, which is, you know, easy entertainment or listening to music. Again, I think art, again, is just people perceive it as this, like, difficult thing to interact with. You need to put effort to understand it, to, like, appreciate it. You need to stand there and have that, like, appreciation process. But, you know, it can be simple. And, yeah, I... I hope one day we'll have those screens in our flats and I'll have my playlist playing and you'll have yours, um, but who knows.
0: That's a really cool idea because as you said, it's, it's very personal and I think companies should invest in, in an idea like this because personalization is booming right now and everyone wants to be more personalized and more innovative. So I think that's um, yeah, definitely an interesting idea. Well, this already brings us to the end of our episode on art. I hope uh, you all enjoyed listening to this. And thank you again, Maria, for being here. Well, thank you for having me. And I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye.